Well, another round in the books in the Hungry Jacks NBL, and this is the moments that mattered. I'm Pete Hooley. I'm stepping in for the great man, Jack Heverin. And D-Ruck is in Nissan Arena for us. And, Ruck, we talk about this round. There was a couple of blowouts, some surprise results for sure. But it's hard not to look at what happened with the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Many of us has them as championship contenders. They had two major tests in this game, uh, in this round, sorry, against the Wildcats and the Kings. They fell short of both. What did you take out of this round? Well, it's kind of surprising because I guess our expectations are so high for the Jack Jumpers and going out to Perth and playing a game in which they probably feel like, Pete, they should have won it, but they got undone by some Bryce Cotton brilliance. However, they're accountable for that. They allowed Bryce to get the touches in the key time. They had to know. I'm sure Scott Raw told them when it comes down to crunch time, we cannot get beat by Bryce Cotton. Anybody else would have almost been acceptable, but to go down like that was very disappointing on the road in a game that they had. But then to come back on Sunday, today, and lose at home to Sydney, that's the one that really hurt them, and I think the one that will sting them and could have major repercussions as we go down throughout the rest of the season. Do you take anything out of it? We know Milton Doyle went home. He's dealing with that uh, terrible tragedy for his family. He missed a game, and obviously he wouldn't be at 100% mentally, which we still send our thoughts and prayers to him and his family. He had a down weekend, which many of us would understand. It seems that when he's not at his ultimate best, and he's been one of the best in the league and all-NBL caliber player, the Tassie mm. aren't at their best. How much do you take out of that that, OK, we can write this weekend off. Milton Doyle, we know what he's going through. It'll take him a little bit of time to get his feet back after arriving from the States, and, and we'll be fine once he's flying. That's a very good argument, and I give some credibility to it, but the thing about Tasmania is they work off of their process, their culture, their infrastructure, and they're striving for excellence every time they're out there on the court. And look, they're not far off it. They lost a couple of games that were really, really tough. And the thing that hurts is that they were against really good teams, Sydney and Perth. So, you know, it does have a little bit of a double kicker. They get a chance to get themselves back in order. But I think, you know, Scott Roth wouldn't put too much uh, weight on the fact that Doyle wasn't up to his best because they're still good enough as a team to have won at least one of those games. Well, they came up against the Sydney team where there was a lot of it. There was a big magnifying glass on them, wasn't there? Everyone was expecting what? some changes. And again, I know it was at home, which makes it a little bit more disappointing for Jack Jumpers fans. But you come up against the Sydney team who are desperate to show something. And we'll just touch on one play before we move on. Jalen Galloway, Liam Santamaria. We talk about how he's an NBA prospect. Uh -huh. He flagged potentially a 10-day contract coming up for Jalen Galloway. He was enormous in this. He was, and we saw it earlier in the season before he did his shoulder, the impact he has on that Sydney Kings lineup. And to have him back out there today, I think he had a significant role in the defensive resurgence of that Sydney team. And he's got the athleticism. He shoots the ball well enough. He can put it on the deck. Pete, he's that prototypical wing player that, that really does well in the NBA now. And I'm sure that many scouts that have been over here over the past month or so would really take great pleasure in being able to lure him 
to their side back over in the United States. Such an exciting prospect. I can't wait to see where his career goes. But I'm enjoying watching him in the NBL for the time being. <laughs> and from a, a disappointing weekend to the Jack Jumbers, we've got to move on to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix because it started in the throwdown. They lost by a combined 56 points over their two losses in the weekend. One was to Melbourne United, and we talked about them being undermanned. Abdul Nader made his debut mm. in the second game, but they've lost Mitch Creek now for 10 to 14 days. What did you take out of this weekend? Because ugly is probably a bit of an understatement. It just wasn't a good weekend to be a Phoenix fan. Oh, I expected a full-blown walloping on the, by the hands of uh, Melbourne United. I didn't think Phoenix were going to have any chance in that game. And then once the Mitch Creek injury came about, I thought they were in trouble because Illawar are a totally different side at the moment. You could see the moment they got out on that floor, Pete, they believed in themselves. Justin Tatum's got them just vibrating at a whole different level. Had they not missed that final shot up here, they could be 4-0 under Justin Tatum. So, you know, I, I don't think Southeast Melbourne's loss losses are as shocking as the Tasmania ones. But the problem is, Pete, are we going back down that road again where it's always something with the Phoenix being unable to close in the back half of a season and being stricken by bad luck once again? Well, we're going to touch on the Hawks in a little bit because it is a great story with, with Justin Tatum. But staying on the Phoenix and Mitch Creek, it's an MCL strain uh, to mm. his left knee. So what we reported from with Narrowly Meadows was 10 to 14 days. So he's going to be touch and grow with the Christmas Day game. I think you could probably rule that out. And then they play Brisbane again, uh, I think, towards the end of this year. How do they keep their head above water? Because we talk about the good teams. When they're down players... Offense might really struggle, which we saw, again, in that Illawarra game and as well Melbourne United. But defensively, they can just get enough stops to compete. We didn't see that in either of these two games. How do they do it? And that's always been the knock, right? In big games, they fall apart defensively. We've seen it year after year since they've come into the competition, the Phoenix. But the big deal is now they've got to find some offensive chemistry. They've got to find some cohesion. Abdel Nader got into the lineup yesterday, showed some signs. You know, it was good for him to get this burnout. It would have been nicer, obviously, if they would have won the game. But as, I guess, a silver lining, he knows what the league's about now. He's had a chance to get out there on the floor. So you've got to figure out what he can do over the next 10 to 14 days while Mitch Creek is out and then figure out, okay, well, how can we mesh them effectively to get back to the level that they were playing at when we saw them trounce Sydney a couple of Sundays ago? Well, Rock, I'm getting my energy rolling here because we're moving on to the Hawks, and there's probably no bigger team with more energy, more rejuvenation uh -huh. than the Illawarra Hawks right now. So it helps the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix loss, obviously, for the Hawks because they're trying to climb yep. up the ladder. Justin Tatum said in that pregame uh, press conference, uh, in the media, sorry, talking to Nerali, saying, we just want to get to the middle of the pack. Once we get to the middle of the pack, we'll try and get a little bit higher. They are playing an inspired brand of basketball right now. Are they going to be a playing team? Do you see them making a run at this sixth spot? That's a tough one, but, you know, I think a lot is going to be revealed on Christmas Day. How do they come out against the Sydney Kings on Christmas Day? If they can make that a game in a very tough place to play on a very um, inopportune day to play for most players, but a day we all love, if they make something happen on that day, they're legit, Pete, and they can start chipping away at the Brisbane Bullets and the Cairns Taipans. But irrespective... If you look at that team right now, it is amazing what Justin has done to turn around the fortunes, the energy, the way they play. It's a, 
you know, he deserves so much credit, and I know what your next question is going to be. <laughs> so coming. go ahead, go ahead and hit me with it. Well, I'm going to ask it differently. What else do you need to see, if anything else, to lock Justin Tatum in for this Hawks coach next year and perhaps beyond? I would like to see if he can get Justin Robinson going a little bit better, although I think Robinson has certainly lifted his play. We saw a much improved Tyler Harvey yesterday, who kind of looked like the Tyler Harvey that we saw under Brian Gorgian. And Sam Froling now was playing really good basketball. So I think, you know, I don't know what, what more you really need to see to start to reach out to Tatum's representatives and having a conversation about, 2024, 25, 2025, 20, 2026. Am I jumping too far ahead, Pete? Oh, I'm with you. I think if it is going to be a contract, it's probably on the one to two years because they've been in a situation where you give a long-term deal and it hasn't worked out. But the one thing for me, we keep talking about they've over-rotated, they're using too many players, but the one word he continued to use was fun. They look like they're having a yeah. whole lot of fun under Justin Tatum and the whole club looks rejuvenated, which is why I'm more inclined to say, hey, this is going to be your job for next season. Finish out this season strong and let's go from there. Pete, you played the game a long time. When a coach believes in you and has got a certain amount of energy, enthusiasm, and he obviously has basketball intelligence, that, that vibe spreads right throughout the collective and it increases performance. The thing that shocked me is how quickly it's happened, Pete. Normally there's a time lag. You say, okay, the team's carrying itself better. They're having narrow losses where they used to be blown out. They've turned L's into W's rapidly, probably quicker than I've seen in my time in the league. We talk about the play-in tournament. You've got to make the six. Once you get to the top six, it's 0-0. you just got to keep winning. So as other teams like the Phoenix fall, the Bullets fall, the Hawks are winning. New Zealand, they came in a new-look starting five. Everyone kind of wrote New Zealand off. They've been going through a lot of injuries, a lot of stuff out of their control and weren't sure if this game yep. was even going to go ahead against Cairns. But, boy, where has this New Zealand team been? And was it just to do with the starting five, Ruck, or is there a bit more about it? Oh, they have a great coach. That's the starting point. You know, we just mentioned Justin Tatum and the influence that a coach can have in basketball. Well, New Zealand have an outstanding one. But they also, on any given night, have the two best players on the floor and Parker Jackson Cartwright and Anthony Lamb. They totally dominated the Taipans up on that, on that floor in Cairns on Friday night. And if those guys are in form, between the two of them, they give, they give New Zealand a chance every night. Now, if you add in some support players, mm -hmm. you get the type of result that you got the other night. So I like New Zealand's chances going down the road. And of course, they've got Zylan Cheatham coming back, and that could really make them a real danger. It's exciting to think about once he comes back in this lineup. And you mentioned the supporting roles around those two superstars in Lamb and Jackson Cartwright. They threw the next star in, the Lithuanian next star, Mantis mm. Rubstavichis. And I tell you what, he looked Enormous. This looked like a kid who's been playing in the league for years. He was ultra-confident. We know he's bouncy. We know he can shoot it. The reason when he signed, the Modi Mayer was so excited because he can change games and he can win games. We saw that for the first time. He was massive, and he's going to have a big say in the rest of this season if he continues to play like that. And you described a lot of attributes that he has, but one you probably didn't mention is his fearlessness. He's fearless defensively. He attacks the rim with the ball. He has a high level of self-belief. And for those reasons, I think he really gave them an injection the other night that was much needed. 
I think when you look at Modimayor as a coach and what he seeks from his players, Montas has a lot of those attributes, and he's going to play. He's going to play a big role in their future success if he can maintain health. But I love his athleticism. He strokes the ball well. Like most Lithuanian players, he has a very high basketball IQ, especially on the offensive end. Well, I have to put you on the spot, Rock, as the yep. guest substitution host right now. If you had to pick one who's going to make the playing tournament from the way they started, the Illawarra Hawks or the New Zealand Breakers, who are you going with and why? New Zealand. New Zealand. I just think they have better players. Motimiro, just a bit more coaching experience. And I think, you know, they're both right there, eighth, ninth place. But I'd give New Zealand a little bit of an edge. And also, teams have to travel to New Zealand a lot in this back half of the season. Lastly here, Rock, we've talked about trying to find that race to the sixth spot to the play-in tournament. We've talked a little bit about the pack that's forming underneath the top team, mm. but that top team is Melbourne United and what they did in the throwdown was no surprise to a lot of people, as you mentioned, and a lot of people also thought that Adelaide 36's game would be a danger game. They're one of those games where they just expect to win, top first, bottom on the ladder. He got a little ugly at times, but they managed to win, so my big question is right now, who can really make this a test for Melbourne United to, at this championship? A five-game, a three-game series is a lot different than a one-game series, no doubt about yeah. that. But they do look a little bit above the competition. Well, look, this two-game week, and it was like going on a roller coaster against Southeast Melbourne. It was exciting. It was a great ride. They won enthusiasm, adrenaline through the roof. Then they had to go back and ride the regular bike on Saturday and play Adelaide. <laughs> Not quite as exciting, you know, a little bit mundane. It got the job done. They got from A to B. They got out of the weekend with two wins. Now, who can beat them? I thought Tasmania, and I still think Tasmania are a smart enough team to be able to go down there and execute in John Kane Arena, defend well enough, and take away Melbourne, Melbourne's options. But ultimately, Pete, it's all about Melbourne United's health. Can Ian Clark stay healthy? Can Delhi stay healthy? Can JLA stay healthy? Can Travers stay healthy? That's all it comes down to. And I think other teams will really, really be hard-pressed to be able to beat Melbourne United if they maintain good health. I've made this comment recently, and I said that if there is an injury or two to Melbourne United, it actually is going to help solidify their chances to win because of their depth. You've got guys like Tanner Krebs who have been starved for opportunity. He came in, had 10 points against Adelaide and kind of gave momentum back to United. And Kyle Bowen, another one we've seen for a little mm. bit here and there. He obviously steps up big in the throwdown. He was enormous against Mitch Creek. But a five-game series, say they make the championship series, which a lot of people expect them to be, I think Tasmania is the one who could probably trouble them. But could you see them winning three games against this kind of depth uh, over a championship series? Pete, that's the key. Yeah, they can, those bench guys can come in and get the job done once every, once every couple of weeks. You know, they came in and did a good job against Adelaide. But what are you going to do when it's five games, the opposition knows everything you do, and it's really tight out there, and you've got to play big minutes, minutes that perhaps you have not played before. Kyle Bowen doesn't know what that feels like. Tanner Krebs doesn't know what that feels like. You know, so how do they cover when it's most needed. We saw a guy like Angus Glover has been able to do it over the past two seasons. Sean Bruce has done it down in Sydney, and that's the true test. Hell, Pete, you did it. You know what it feels like to come in there and have input and, con and contribute to a championship team. And that's where we'll really find out, in the event of injury, in the event of foul trouble or poor form, 
what that Melbourne United bench is really made of. Right, we're, we're in the 12 games of Christmas here in the Hungry Jacks NBL, and I'm excited. There's a lot to come on this schedule, but what are you looking forward to most about this Christmas round ahead? Because there's a lot of games, and I guess it's the beautiful time where we get some presents, and it's, it's just a good vibe around the NBL right now. Well, you know what it's like, Pete. We get to travel around and go to the arenas and have a good time and talk to the players and feel the fans. It's just a really good atmosphere for everyone. You know, we had a great crowd, a sellout almost here in Brisbane today. And the energy and the enthusiasm and, you know, shout out also to the NBL marketing department. People around, I was on the Gold Coast earlier today, came up to Brisbane today. Everyone is talking about the 12 games of Christmas. You know, it's a fantastic initiative. And I think uh, we're, we're lucky to be a part of it. You're going away on Christmas Day. I'm, I'll be in Sydney on Christmas Day. So, you know, it's great, man. I, I, I'm just honored to be a part of it. And, I, and I'm sure you're extremely flattered as well. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, we did that Christmas Day <laughs> game together last year in Kudos Bank Arena. You outdid me with your suit. Are you coming in hot this time with something special? Yeah, I've got something. Uh, I've got something planned quite hot. So, uh, well, I hope it's hot anyway. But that's up to someone else to decide. But yeah, I'm coming in good. What about you? Uh, I'll figure it out. Yeah, you're. I'm taking my family down. I'll be in that first game uh, down in Tasmania. I'm looking forward to that. And before that, second game of the Highway Series. So, Rock, I appreciate your time. It's been fun checking in with you and breaking everything down in the last round. Terrific job as always, mate. Pete, great having you here. Uh, you might have to answer a call from Jack because he'll be reviewing this tape. And don't do too good a job. Don't do too well, Pete. I've been trying to tune into the cricket right now and I just thought <laughs> his dulcet tones are perfect. It's exactly what I need right now. But, mate, I appreciate it. It's always fun to break down all the moments that mattered. Thanks for watching. We'll see you soon.